Welcome to Awesome with Allison. I'm Allison, and my only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at me, laughing with me, or learning something new and helpful, I hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I've got my producer, husband, and lover. That's me. Eric Robertson. We're in Pleasant Pictures Studio in Provo, Utah, and today I'm going to share with you... The top five lessons I learned in 2016. So Eric's here. Hey, baby. Hey. <laughs> but um, doing something a little bit different. Usually Eric and I chat and we each speak to a certain topic. But this is an essay that I wrote for my blog. And then I figured, oh, I hardly ever post on my blog, but I do have a podcast. So I'm going to post the written version, but I wanted to read it. And this is something I did a couple years ago. I shared some lessons I learned and I've really liked reflecting on it. And I also really like sharing with you guys in the hopes that it helps you as I always tend to do. (laughs) So this episode is a little bit different. We're excited that you're here. Thank you so much for your comments, your rating and reviews and iTunes. Thank you for responding to Awesome with Allison at theallisonshow.com, sending me emails, leaving comments on Instagram. I love all of it. I read every single thing and it really, really is so rewarding and I appreciate it. So I'm going to go ahead and read you this essay and I hope that you find some value and I love you guys so much. Okay. Lessons I learned in 2016. In 2016, I moved houses, moved offices, hired and trained new employees through four large dance parties in four different venues, all with different formats, launched an online shop, spoke to over 3,000 people through live speaking events, did about a dozen blog or video campaigns, negotiated over 50 contracts, read about 20 books, and lost over 30 pounds. I recorded my <laughs> my own hit dance single, which you listened to on the way in here, uh, and helped Rad start preschool, Ginger start kindergarten, and Fiona start growing hair, kind of. All while trying to continuously convince Eric that being married to me is fun. It was a big year with lots of beautiful, awesome things. But... We also got some devastating life-altering news, and the year was fraught with lots and lots of conflict, both internal and external. I can easily say I had the most transformative year of my life, not because of the good things, but because of those challenges and the work that I tried to do to embrace them. I feel like I could share one million lessons I learned from 2016, but for now we can just start with five. Lesson number one. You learn more from when things go wrong than when things go right. And we did speak to this in our last episode, episode number four, but um, I cover it again here. As a perfectionist, I want everything that I do to be perfect. And as someone who does a lot of things, that's fairly insane. One time, Eric had to almost shout, every single thing you do cannot be mind-blowing. But that's exactly what I expect. I expect not only everything I do to be mind-blowing, but perfect and exceed expectations. Well, I expect the things that I do that I care about and that I place importance or a sense of self on to be mind-blowing and perfect. Everything else is okay being a mess. (laughs) But last year, I tried a lot of new things, and that meant that I did not get to do them all perfectly. I hate that. I hate it. But I learned a lot more from the things that went wrong than the things that went right. My new thing is that when I'm trying something new, I try to remind myself that it's completely unreasonable 
to expect to be perfect at something I've never done before. The only way to get better is to do the work. And there will be flaws, but I can and will be better next time. Some of the most valuable relationships in my life are the ones that did not turn out. The relationships, in other words, that went wrong. I dated a guy for five years and did not marry him. But that relationship has always given me a greater appreciation for the man I did marry. I made some major improvements to my work and my life by having a few things go very, very wrong. Lesson number two, conflict is okay. I do not like conflict. Do not misunderstand. I do not mind or shy away from confrontation because that enables people to clear up misunderstandings, clarify expectations, and come together. I like to lay things out on the table, but I do have a hard time with conflict because conflict suggests that I have disappointed someone, and I do not like that. I like to think that I can come to terms with any reasonable person, smooth things over, and make it okay, but that is just not the case. Why? Why isn't it the case? (laughs) Well, one, because I am not perfect. And two, because I can't control everything. Most of the conflict I've had to face has been internal. But as 2016 wrapped up, I was faced with multiple cases of ugh external conflict. But I am very, very proud to say that I womaned up and dealt with it. I didn't run. I didn't hide. I didn't ask Eric or someone else to deal with the problems. I faced the conflict and realized... It's gross, it's uncomfortable, and it's an emotion I do not enjoy, but it's okay. I survived, I am alive, I have less fear. I spent most of 2016 doing lots of reading and overcoming obstacles through some tough circumstances, most of them (laughs) self-imposed, and a lot of emotional work. And by the end of the year, when this new form of conflict arose, external conflict, conflict I did not want, conflict I couldn't blame myself for, I had enough tools and awareness to handle it. I think the thing to remember with conflict is that good input is invaluable, but not all input is valuable. As I've said before, invest in people who invest in you. And if the input is coming from someone who has invested in you, listen to what they have to say, even if it sucks to hear it. But If they haven't invested in anything other than having a negative opinion of you or just passing judgment, do not change your course of action based on their flippant remarks. You need to treat yourself better than that. I need to treat myself better than that. Apologize, forgive, love, move on. Without struggle, there is no growth. Lesson number three. I have a lot in common with drag queens. (laughs) Okay, okay. Either I have a lot in common with drag queens or I just want to have a lot in common with drag queens. But 2016 marks my year of obsession with RuPaul's Drag Race and drag culture. I understand that watching a TV show does not make me an expert on a subculture, but can we, just for a minute, pretend that it does? The reason I identify with drag queens so much is because they put themselves out there in one of the most vulnerable ways. And I feel like I do the same. It's incredibly rewarding, but it's also incredibly taxing and lonely. The Allison show is comprised of parts that are 100% me. When I get up on stage at one of my dance parties, I'm essentially in full drag, though. Custom costume, airbrush makeup. It's parts of my personality just amplified to their extreme. So I'm the Allison show, but I'm also 100% just Allison. I drive a crappy van. I have a messy bathroom. 
I usually only want to talk about philosophy, meditation, uh, business, branding, (laughs) self-improvement, not really flashy, fun, glamorous things, but it is the yin and the yang. Drag speaks to me because the gorgeous babes who do it have to face a lot of darkness, darkness in the form of bigotry, darkness in their minds, darkness in knowing what it feels like to not quite fit. I get that one. I have a lot of light, but it comes with a lot of dark that I battle. Drag queens conquer that darkness with beauty and grace and a whole lot of not taking things too seriously. And that's just what I want to do. Address the heavy, but keep it light. I think as my brand was growing and I had babies and I tried to do this and I tried to do that, trying to decide what I wanted to do and what I was supposed to do, I just wanted to please, please myself, please others. And I started to feel lost. And at the same time, I was preaching, be yourself, be yourself. And it wasn't that I wasn't being myself. It's just that I had lost so much of myself and it felt extra hard. 2016 was all about reclaiming who I am, finding my inner light again and letting go of every stupid thing that was holding me back, bad habits, unhealthy thought cycles, and letting go of fear. What I've learned from all those drag queens, but mostly what I've learned from Mama Ru, RuPaul, is that you have to commit. In life, we tend not to commit because of fear, because if you don't commit, you cannot fail. But you have to commit to what you want, commit to your life, and commit to it all. Because as Mama Ru says at the end of each and every episode, (laughs) if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love someone else? Lesson number four, joy and sadness can coexist. In early December, we learned that my dad has terminal cancer. It has been hard and my heart is broken. I don't want to open the dialogue very much on this, but I have an amazing support system in place and all prayers on his behalf and on the behalf of my my mom and family are greatly appreciated. I feel that sharing details past this point have no place as it is his story and not mine. And I thank you for respecting that. But I did decide to share this with his permission, of course, because I was faced with the problem of how do I live my life now? My whole world is changed, crushed, and turned upside down. What do I do? And then on like a very real day-to-day level, how do I do my job? How do I post about cookies and dancing and telling people they can make their life awesome while my heart is shattered? Am I being insincere? Am I in denial of my heartache and suffering if I ignore mine to try to help others through theirs? But then I realized that everything I've learned this past year and in my life has prepared me for this, for this exact thing. And this is when all the crap I've been telling myself and others counts. Love is all that matters. Sharing love in the presence of pain is one of the greatest things we can do. I'm not ignoring it. I'm not in denial. Trust me. I take time to feel it all. But I am alive. I'm feeling it. And that's what life is joy and pain. As I shared in my year of awesome video for January, I came to the conclusion that joy and sadness can coexist and that the only way through the pain is through it. So you might as well grab as much light, love, joy, or happiness that you can when you find it and share it. Share it, share it, share it. So we're not all so alone. You never know when you're talking to someone who has just had their world turn upside down. We can treat each other with so much more care and kindness. One of my favorite quotes, there are places in the heart that do not yet exist. Suffering must enter in for them to come to be. From Leon Bloy. I have learned so much in this past month about how to mourn with those who mourn. 
I've reached out to people who I feel I failed when they received similar news. I didn't know any better. I didn't know what to say. So if you're wondering or you have someone in your life who you need to comfort, here's what to say. I'm so, so sorry. That's it. There's nothing else. It's not super helpful to share stories. Just share love. And now that I know that, I know what to say. I wish I didn't, (laughs) but I'm glad I do. I also try to make sure that every question I ask someone, especially someone going through something tough, is coming from a place of care, not a place of curiosity. Curiosity makes the situation about us and not about the person who needs love. I, of course, am so far from perfect at this and lots of other things, but it's one of my new goals. Joy exists because there is sorrow. I cannot be grateful for one without the other. Lesson number five, I can do hard things. Look at me, things went wrong. (laughs) I disappointed people, I faced conflict and was thrown a really big life curveball. Shall we call it that? A life (laughs) curveball. I didn't choose it. I did not want it, but it's here. And look who's still standing. Better than that, look who's still shimmying. This girl, this freaking girl right here. (laughs) 2016 had so much joy, so many triumphs, so many good things. It really did. But it was not easy. And as I said, it was one of the most transformative years of my life. I feel like a new person. The funniest part about it is that I feel like more of my same old self than I have in years, but like a completely new, empowered, enlightened, and freer version of myself. I'm holding on to the things that have always brought me joy and letting go of the things that do not. If something I'm doing or engaging in is not contributing to the highest good, I'm letting it go. I have three kids that need tickles and love doing craft projects with me when I can make eye contact with them because I'm not too distracted by anxiety or other things. I have a husband who needs my sweet, sweet loving and a whole world of friends that I want to try and share light with. I just don't have time for fear or self-doubt anymore. I'm not saying they don't pop up. I'm just saying that I'm refusing to give them any more energy. I can do hard things and I'm already doing them. They're basically done. So I'm going to go ahead and just go get myself a drink. (laughs) And you know, for me, that means a tall, ice-filled Diet Coke. Peace, love, and light, friends. Okay, thank you so much for listening to me be like a beat poet and read an essay. (laughs) I hope that... Man, you find something in there. If you don't, I guess I'll see you never. Just kidding. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for listening. Um, I also want to remind you that Allison's Year of Awesome did not end with January. February is right around the corner, and I have a new um, awesome attribute that we're going to try to cultivate in February. The way to get in on that is to go to my website, theallisonshow.com, and subscribe for my newsletter. And then every week, I send out challenges that help you cultivate the awesome attribute of the month. Uh, Eric, do you have anything you want to say? Um, good job. No. <laughs> He's been amazing and... I couldn't do anything I do without his love and support. Hey, Eric, you're the the wind beneath my wings. <sighs> all right. Only you can be you. And you're already as awesome as you need to be. So much love. 
What are we going out on? Um, let's let's. This was a serious one. We'll go out with this uh, serious song called "The Finite." Oh, I love this one. It's sexy. It's good. It's good. It's by it's by a, an album I did a couple years ago called Oceaneer. The band is Oceaneer, and we always link to Eric's songs and any books or anything else I talk about in the show notes. Looking for the fine night, not quite right, but it's-